Welcome to the Tech Arena, featuring authentic discussions between tech's leading innovators and our host, Allison Klein. Now, let's step into the arena. Welcome to the Tech Arena. My name is Allison Klein, and today I am so delighted to have Jeff Wittick, Chief Product Officer of Ampere, back in the studio with me. Welcome to the program, Jeff. Oh, thanks, Allison. Great to be here. So, Jeff, you were um, one of my first guests on Tech Arena. Tech Arena just celebrated its one-year anniversary, and we're kicking off season two. So, it's so nice to have you back <laughs> for another go-around um, to talk about what's going on in the data center. Why don't we just remind our listeners, um, your role at Ampere and, and Ampere's role in the industry. Yeah, so I'm the chief product officer at Ampere Computing. And at Ampere, what we've set out to do is to build the compute that's required for the future of the cloud, compute that's both high performance and sustainable. We've long been building high performance processors across the industry to meet the growing compute demand uh, in data centers and in the cloud, but increasingly, our ability to continue to improve compute capacity, to improve performance, uh, it comes with another consideration, and that's efficiency and sustainability. We can't just keep throwing more and more power at the problem. Uh, we need to actually build more efficient processors. More efficient processors will, will inherently allow us to deploy greater compute capacity uh, and achieve higher performance. So Jeff, I, I've been following the Ampere story since you guys launched. It's such an exciting um, entry into the data center arena. You know, we've always talked about when will ARM reach that tipping point and when will um, a processor architecture that is efficient mm -hmm. and performant um, deliver uh, to data center requirements. And I think that one of the things that I wanted to start with you on is I know that Ampere has really built that foundation of we're going to do it in power envelopes. We're going to deliver more performance within power envelopes. What has been the reason why you think customers are turning more and more to power being a central design point? Yeah. Well, I think that uh, it's long been a consideration, but it's it's not really been the main constraint. You know, if you look back a decade ago or, or 15 years ago, um, it, you look with the United States, say, as an example, we always had a lot of excess power on the grid. Um, there was no shortage of available power in any of the, the main regions. Building out data centers that consume more power did increase your operational costs. Uh, and there was some logistical challenge of, of getting more power into your data centers, but it wasn't an inherent limitation. Today, that, that's just no longer the case. You know, the grid has a lot more um, demand on it than it did previously. Things like electric vehicles, um, you know, obviously a very good thing. It's getting people from consuming gas in their vehicle to consuming hopefully much more um, green energy off of the grid, but it, it does increase the, the demand on the grid itself. And, you know, with data centers, um, you know, continuing to need to meet this you know, super fast growing need for more and more compute, um, that's just one more, one more constraint. Um, and so I think that uh, as we talk to, to customers and data center operators, you know, they're finding that it's no longer as simple as just planning out the number of uh, data centers that they're going to build over the five or 10 years. 
um, or procuring more power we needed from, you know, from their, uh, from the power grid, from the power company that supplies that, that area, um, they're actually getting blocked entirely from being able to um, build a new data center. You know, maybe it's because mm-hmm. of uh, water concerns, could be because of noise concerns, um, but increasingly it's because there just isn't any more power uh, to supply that data center. Um, and so people are needing to do more with their existing data center footprint, uh, which is really where we come in. Um, the only option they have over the next couple of years is to uh, create denser and denser compute solutions within their existing footprint. Uh, and we're able to provide a, a perfect solution for that. So I think that's what's changed. It's become not just an economic consideration. Um, it's become a fundamental constraint to the business. Mm-hmm. You know, what's interesting is um, I just published my sustainability report on Tech Arena and talked to a bunch of people in the industry about that. You know, one of the things that I took away was there's estimates that the CSPs, your earliest customers, are looking at doubling their compute capacity over the next few years to fuel uh, the needs for AI. Um, you know, there's estimates and there was lots of disagreement on exactly how much energy data centers are are using. Um, I, I picked the, uh, you know, the, the stat of three, up to three and a half percent of the world's energy. And, and I think that one of the things that I wanted to talk to you is when you're talking to your customers, where do you see computing going? Um, one thing, you know, I know they're all grappling with the question of AI. Where do you see Amper having a role in terms of that broader mm-hmm. compute landscape as, as heterogeneity comes into play? And, um, you know, how do you see greenfield versus brownfield in that, you know, uh, equation? Are they going to be building out more greenfield data centers? Are they really just going to be managing most efficiently in Brownfield or is it a combination of two? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Good. Lots of, lots to unpack there. Um, yeah. So I think the AI one is, is a good one. Um, obviously that's been um, you know, actually one of the things that's fueled this conversation over the last six to nine months, because uh, I think, yeah, we, we kind of, we've seen similar stats, you know, somewhere between uh, three, 4% of the, the world's power is being used by, by data centers. Um, and AI just suddenly created this massive demand for more and more compute. And unfortunately today, a lot of that compute um, that's being used isn't that efficient. Um, it's a lot mm-hmm. of you know, really, really power hungry uh, GPUs um, that are being used for the, mostly for the training phase of, of AI. Now, the good thing is, is that as the AI opportunity matures and we move a little further along the hype cycle and get from kind of the, the research and R&D phase into the real you know, deployment at scale phase, um, the training piece will become a smaller and smaller piece of the problem. Right. Everyone's concerned right now about how they train their multi-hundred billion or trillion parameter model. Uh, and you know, the fastest way to train those models today is to just throw uh, an amazing amount of compute at them. And it's expensive and it consumes a lot of power. But the good news is you only need to train this model once uh, or maybe just once every you know, six to 12 months. So that, that's good. Right. Um, so where Ampere comes in is as customers are looking to move from that training phase over to the, the inference phase. And inferencing is inherently a scale workload, one that is uh, being run all around the world, close to the users. Um, and it's a different type of compute task where training is one really, really large compute task that's run once. Um, inferencing is a smaller task 
that's run maybe even millions of times a second. Uh, and in that case, you're looking for compute that can be pervasively deployed everywhere, economical, and it's also really efficient. Uh, and so we've helped customers to move from that you know, big GPU training phase to now deploy their models on uh, lots and lots of Ampere CPUs uh, that are sitting all around the world that are consuming considerably less power uh, and that are allowing them to bring down their inferencing costs, uh, in some cases, by as much as uh, 5x or more. And we've got a lot of really good examples of, of customers that, uh, that are doing this from, from people like Wallaroo. Uh, I was actually just out in, in Europe recently in France at an event, uh, and we had a, a customer there uh, named Wampy that's uh, deploying on a French uh, cloud service provider scale. Mm -hmm. So there's a, there's a lot of appetite for this. And, and frankly, this is a, a major global problem that we need to solve because that 3.7% power consumption today, uh, it, it's clearly not acceptable for that to go up to 5 6% over the next couple of years um, with increased AI demand. We need to sit at that, uh, that same level, if not even shrink our power footprint over time. And obviously, you know, one of the key components is the amount of energy a microprocessor consumes. But there are other topics that are entering the sustainability zone. Um, one is code efficiency. The other is um, carbon uh, utilization efficiency. What is Ampere's take on both of those? And how are you engaging the industry uh, to work on those challenges? Yeah, no, that, that's a really good question. Because uh, I think, yeah, when, when you're right. And then at the start, what most people think about first, when they think about power consumption, they think about how much power is actually being consumed by operating the, the CPU. Um, and so obviously, if we can bring that down, uh, which we are, you know, that, that's a big help. The second piece of it is, uh, what is the amount of power that needs to be consumed to cool uh, that, that processor? So if we can stay within a reasonable thermal envelope, you know, running processors that only consume one, two, 300 watts, uh, that's a lot easier to cool than a processor that's consuming five, six, seven, 800 watts. Um, and so we can also uh, bring down the power consumed uh, for cooling the processor as well. But you're right, you bring up two other areas um, as well. One of them is code efficiency, and the other one is, is utilization of uh, the hardware. You know, when we look at from an AI perspective, uh, that's kind of, thinking, kind of an easy one to see where code can be optimized to be more efficient. Mm -hmm. you know, when you look at these models, uh, say multi-hundred billion parameter models, I've, I've talked to a couple of companies that have trained uh, models of that size, and they've said that now that the model's trained, you can actually determine that maybe 95% of the parameters in the model don't have any bearing on the, the accuracy. And you wouldn't have known that a priori, uh, but now that you've trained the model, it's clear which parameters matter and which ones don't. And so now they can go in and they can economize those models, uh, make them smaller, smaller models require less compute, less power to run, and they can do that with no loss of, of accuracy. Uh, the other thing people are doing is quantizing their models. So instead of running, say, with uh, FP32 precision, you know, running in FP16 or BFloat16 or even INT8 or INT16, uh, and that oftentimes results in no loss in accuracy, 
but requires a lot less computing power uh, to to go in and uh, and run those models. And, and that's an area where we've also been really focused with our customers. We have native support for, for all of those uh, numerical formats on our Ampere processors. So that's definitely a piece of it is economizing the models. And I think you're going to see a lot of this um, where those multi-hundred billion parameter uh, models, they exist, um, but uh, many of the new models that come out are actually um, smaller and and smaller models that are much more economical to run. That's fantastic. But also the, sec the second one though that you mentioned is the utilization one, which I think is really important. Mm -hmm. um, it is a key reason also why using more general purpose hardware like CPUs um, is really powerful, especially for AI inferencing. They have more than enough compute power. They're readily available around the world. They're generally more efficient than, than GPUs. And you can run them with very, very high utilization. If GPUs have two flaws in this space, one, while you may be able to heavily utilize a GPU on a training task because it's running for many, many days, weeks, months, um, you can ensure that all the, the cycles are being well utilized. Inferencing is different. Uh, inferencing is uh, a much less dense problem. And you're often not fully utilizing the GPU, even when you're running inferencing all the time. And then the second aspect of it is you're probably not running inferencing all the time. Um, you clearly, uh, there must be some other element of whatever service you're running, a web server, a database behind it. Uh, there's something else there. Uh, and over time, the balance of demand between different workloads does change. CPUs give you the complete flexibility to um, run any of those workloads and keep that CPU fully utilized, whereas a GPU uh, isn't going to be utilized when the, uh, you know, the web server demand, for instance, increases. So those are, those are key parts of the, the efficiency story. That's a really good point. And I think that that's so pragmatic that we forget about it, right, Jeff? Mm -hmm. It's like, Yes, you can use it for other things. <laughs> yeah, it sounds <laughs> you so. Have the opportunity. Yeah, yeah, it sounds so simple, um, and it right. is. Uh, but yeah, we forget about it because we're looking for uh, we're looking for some you know a more complicated solution, a shiny object out there, uh, and we forget that sometimes the the best solutions have been sitting there right in front of us the whole time. Now you mentioned customer examples, and I'm so excited to hear you talk about them. You know. Ampere has been making incredible strides in data centers. And, you know, I was at your analyst event earlier where you had Oracle on, on the scene talking about, you know, development of optimized code uh, on Ampere solutions. There's just a tremendous amount of momentum in the marketplace for you guys. Tell me about what 2023 has been like. And, you know, where do you see Ampere headed as we pivot into you know, forward looking into 2024. Yeah, Allison, 2023 was a, a pretty pivotal year for, for Ampere uh, in a number of areas. Number one, uh, it's really the year that sustainability became front and center in the, the data center space. So no longer was there uh, kind of any doubt as to whether power efficiency mattered. And so the strategy that, that we had employed from day one to build an incredibly efficient processor uh, mattered more than ever in 2023. And just the rise of compute demand from AI just further accelerated that. Uh, the second thing is that uh, 2023 marked a big year in terms of the pervasiveness of Ampere solutions across the, uh, the market. You know, whether it was big hyperscalers like Oracle Cloud, uh, 
Microsoft Azure, Google Cloud, Tencent, uh, or other regional clouds like Hetzner in Germany, Scaleway in France, Gleesis in Scandinavia, LeaseWeb in Netherlands, you name it. Uh, there are clouds now around the world that are deploying Ampere CPUs. So it's never been easier for people to gain access to this technology. And we're seeing rapid adoption in places like enterprise private cloud uh, using solutions from uh, OEMs like HPE and, and Supermicro. Uh, so that's been really rewarding to see that anyone now can get access to a an Ampere server or an Ampere instance in the cloud. And now we're really seeing that even expand out into the edge. Uh, okay. So, so 2023 was a really pivotal year in terms of uh, pervasiveness of, uh, of Ampere solutions. Um, and, uh, and then I think the, the third thing that was really important from an Ampere perspective uh, and very strategic for us is that 2023 marked the year that Ampere One, uh, our, uh, our next product family, launched. And Ampere One is particularly important to us because it's the culmination of years of engineering work behind the scenes to build our own core uh, that uniquely addresses the needs of efficiency and high performance in the cloud. And, and now you're seeing Ampere One deployed at, at Google Cloud and, and Oracle Cloud. Uh, and it's that innovation across the whole SOC all the way down the core that allows us to provide a unique solution in terms of scaling out to a higher number of cores than anyone else, 192, hitting efficiency points that just aren't possible with other architectures and other designs and delivering some really cool, unique features to deliver better manageability, better security, better uh, power efficiency for, for cloud users. It's features that uh, some of them have really, really sought for a, a long time. Uh, not to go too deep on that, but a great example of this memory tagging, something that Oracle had asked the industry for, for, for over a decade, uh, which allows them to both ensure that code uh, is, uh, is working properly, uh, but also protects against things like buffer overflow attacks that uh, could affect users in the cloud. Uh, and it's just something that doesn't exist in, in any CPU. So uh, I think across all those areas, you know, sustainability being crazy important now, pervasiveness of our solutions and of the, the software ecosystem around it. And, and third, taking that next strategic step with, uh, with our next Ampere One product, 2023 was, you know, was very, very important for Ampere. That's amazing. Um, I think that you are ahead of where I thought you would be uh, by the end of 2023. And I can't wait to see what you guys deliver in 2024. Please keep coming back to the tech arena and keep being as surprised at the progress. Um, you mentioned the 192 cores. It's an impressive feat. I actually read that you're pushing the limits of Linux. And um, we are. You know, I, I, I we love are, that. Yeah. yeah, no, we're the, fir we're the first people to push to, uh, to 192 cores and, and even more. Obviously, we need to upstream changes to the Linux kernel a bit before future products come out. So, yeah, if you pay attention to that community, you'll see that we were pushing for the uh, enablement of even higher core counts in in Linux. So yeah, we're we're pushing the industry to some places that uh, it just hasn't been. Really, really exciting stuff. I guess I know where you're going. Then that's so exciting. Um, I I love to see it, and I love to see the the pressure you're putting on the market to think differently. Um, that's really refreshing. I, I only have one more question for you, Jeff. Uh, before I let you go, where can folks engage your team and find out more about the Ampere solutions? Engage with you in a POC or or trial and talk about it at the point. 
Yeah, there, there are a few good places. Probably the best place to start is to go to amperecomputing.com. Uh, there's a number of ways to engage uh, through amperecomputing.com. You can either contact uh, our sales team or, or some of the other um, members of Ampere. There are also links out to a lot of places where you can go and get trial hardware or get started in cloud, even for free. There's free instances mm-hmm. out there from various cloud providers. The third area is our developer program. Uh, there are ways to engage there across our developer forums to start to learn more about what you can do with, with Ampere CPUs. So a number of great mm-hmm. places to, uh, to get engaged. And we hope to see more and more people engaged in, in using Ampere processors out into 2024. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show today. It was a real pleasure. Well, thanks, Allison. It's always great to to be here on Tech Arena and keep inviting me back. It's always a great time. Thanks for joining the Tech Arena. Subscribe and engage at our website, thetecharena.net. All content is copyright by the Tech Arena.